3: feeling about this.
2: Welcome to episode 313 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten and we're going to be talking about the Bad Batch as we have been for like the last 15 weeks or whatever an excellent episode of the Bad Batch I think at least Yeah, maybe a a little hint at when we might start to see the promotional cycle for the book of Boba Fett kick into effect Uh, a little bit of news on an upcoming live action Star Wars movie and uh, some other stuff and we'll be hearing from you guys.
4: If I were a betting man, I would buy stock in the fact that Omega shows up in the book of Boba Fett. Oof. I I feel like I don't know if
2: it'll be the book of Boba Fett, right? But I feel like betting on her showing up in live action at some point is a given. Now, Book of Boba Fett, I feel makes a lot of sense because it's boba fett's story well like she's omega he was alpha like right i feel like these two characters have to to cross at some point right um but other than that they're brother and sister basically yeah and i don't really i don't really know when or where but i do feel like it's going to happen
4: if it doesn't happen in the book of boba fett it would happen in the Mandalorian culmination maybe of taking back Mandalore when Din Din-Jarin, uh gathers all his Mandalorian allies. Right, right.
2: I honestly feel like he's going to show up at some point in Bad Batch as well. Uh, I honestly thought when they name dropped him this season that it would have meant he would have been in, in, the, in it this season, but he wasn't unless he's going to be in the finale. It may, you know, she might show up in The Mandalorian instead of The Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting. I I do feel like, you know, it's weird. Like, a couple of years ago, I would have been skeptical about sort of uh, animated characters that have their origin in animated Star Wars stuff showing up in live action. Like, I always kind of felt like we would get Ahsoka just because of the popularity of the character. Right. But I feel like the gloves are off as sort as far as that sort of um,
4: crossover. I mean, to me, it's a no brainer. You've introduced a child character, like direct blood relation to known badass of the franchise, and you know you're really only seeing her child years. Like, well, she's and waiting a, to be unleashed.
2: A, a popular character. Both of them are popular. Like I see a lot of love for Omega. Um, right. But then you have exactly. Boba Fett, who is. You know, finally getting his sort of solo spotlight and coming into his own with, right. you know, his appearance as a Mandalorian and now getting his own show. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think the characters are destined to cross over. It's just a matter of when and in what format. So um,
4: but before we get into all
2: of that stuff, how you been, buddy? What you been up to?
4: Oh, Uh, you know, taking care of kids. That's what I do. I gotcha. It's daddy (laughs) daycare. Ma'am, we got a chance. What night was
2: it that we played Halo? Last Friday? Was it Friday? I think it was Friday. I think it was Friday night. And
4: I've been thinking about that. Boy, a, a cool opportunity. Did we do some work? We should have streamed it. It was that good. Man, we did some work, buddy. Yeah, we still got it. Hawes had more kills than I did. Hawes was a murdering the Halo three. Now, to murdering. be fair, I have been playing a little bit of Halo here and
2: there. So I'm, you know, I've got a little more recent experience with Halo.
4: He said uh it's a, he's up on his skill.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know. Um but yeah, I had a couple of really good rounds. Psh, talk about some flashbacks. Playing Halo three with my buddy Will.
4: Uh flunking out of college for Halo Three. <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the days. So uh,
2: I got sort of a funny story to tell you. You know, last Saturday was my nephew's birthday. uh, His fourth birthday. So we went over to Mississippi to, you know, hang out and see everybody go to the birthday party. And Jesse and I got there a little early because we knew, like, we were probably going to dip out early. If a lot of people showed up now they had it outside. It was a completely outside thing, but even still, you know, shit makes us a little nervous still. Right. Of course. Um, and, uh, knew that we would probably dip out. So we decided to go early and plus that gave us some opportunity to hang out with Jackson and Amanda and goose and my mom and dad and everything before everybody started showing up. That's the important part. Yeah. So, I'm outside hanging out with Goose and Jackson, and the moment, this always comes with the kids in my family. You never know when it's going to come, but eventually it happens. The moment comes where Jackson asks me why I use a wheelchair. Right. And, you know, I've got the whole spiel down. I explain it to him, and he's super, like, enwrapped. He's just listening, and he's like, oh, okay. And then he goes to walk away, and he turns around, and he goes, wait a second. How did how did that happen now when they ask that question i'm very upfront and honest right with the whole thing right when they ask that question though that's when i know that gives me my window of opportunity to fuck around a little bit game time
4: game time i've heard some of the different stories like (laughs) when when other people ask you you know what's up you know at a party how would you end up in the chair you know there are a myriad of different stories that you tell um, so Jackson
2: right now is obsessed with superheroes. That's his thing—Batman, Spider Man, Iron Man. The whole he loves them all. You know what I mean? Captain America. So I decide to tell Jackson that the reason I'm in a wheelchair, what happened was I got in a fight with Magneto. And dude, I tell him, you know, I, I drop the story to him. And his eyes get super big, like, like I just, like, like I just stood up and started walking. This is the look he has on his face, right? Yeah. And he just looks at me and he goes, "Uncle Hall's, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him." So now Jackson's on a mission to beat Magneto's ass. I get for putting putting his uncle in his, in a wheelchair. It's pretty oh funny. Goodness. I was like, that's that's, that's sweet of you, buddy. You go get him. <sighs> I just hope he never like randomly sees Ian McKellen going down the street.
4: You beat up my beat up my Uncle Hoss. This
2: is for Uncle Hoss! <laughs> he probably doesn't. I, if I had to guess, he's not uh he probably wouldn't, you know, put that together. I don't know that he's necessarily seen any live action X-Men. He knows who the X-Men is or he knew who Magneto was. He knows who Wolverine is. So, but yeah, there's a there's a little four year old in Mississippi that's making plans on how he's going to take Magneto down oh my for goodness. fucking up his uncle Hall's.
4: He's going to call the X Men. Yeah. So hey, that's awesome.
2: If you guys are fans of fucking around, you should follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. And if you really want to fuck around, you should support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast, where you sign up and for as little as $3 a month, you will get access to all of our exclusive podcasts. Uh, I have been doing immediate Bad Batch reactions. I'm actually going to be putting a poll up on the Patreon tonight uh, to see what people want me to do next as sort of like a, a weekly micro-type episode like i have been doing for the bad batch mm-hmm. uh, but b- besides that we've also got blue harvest adventures star wars year by podcast masters of harvest Cossi, padula rasa cooking with will oh no it's all solo jaws and a whole lot more steve versus the prequels so check it out patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast and uh shout out to our patrons you guys you're the best you're the stinking best. I know you guys would go after Magneto for me. Yeah, they would. Then
4: the Army would take him down.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm all laid up in the hospital like Wolverine after X-Men 25. <coughs> Fatal Attractions. Yikes. And then there's just a whole bunch of patrons split into blue and gold teams. Fucking going after him. <coughs> Anyways. So we were kind of talking about the book of Boba Fett and um I think it was the week you were gone buddy they an- they had announced what um the release date for the Hawkeye series is uh and it I can't remember it but I remember it seeming like oh that's kind of close to um Christmas so I wonder if that's gonna affect the Boba Fett release date or yada yada I think that was the week King Tom was here that we were discussing that okay um and during that discussion you know we were kind of talking about how it seems like for the most part at least Disney starts really promoting these Disney Plus series and stuff about a month or so before the show premieres. Like, for instance, What If started this week on Disney Plus, right? Uh, and it was about a month ago that we got the What If trailer. Um, it seemed like you know about a month before Mandalorian season two, we got the trailer. <clears throat> now I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't doesn't necessarily line up with that one hundred percent, but we got an announcement today. Uh, there was like a Disney investors call type situation going on. And you know, those can be a little hit or miss as far as star Wars information goes. And there wasn't anything huge, but they did announce that on November 12th, they're doing Disney plus day that will include a large cross promotional event. um, And they also announced, this will be of interest to you, buddy, that on Thanksgiving Day, Disney Plus will debut the first episode of Peter Jackson's Beatles documentary.
4: Oh, that's cool. On Thanksgiving Day.
2: Yeah. So, (laughs) on November 12th, uh, Disney Plus Day, uh, I have a feeling that's probably going to be when we get a look at the Book of Boba Fett. You know, with with the book of Boba Fett seemingly coming the month after, right? I I have a feeling
4: that's going to be the perfect time. It would be an opportune moment, you would think. They like to ramp up to the holidays.
2: Yeah, and and like I said, it seems like, uh, you know, about a month out is when they really start the promotion. Right. Now, like could just... we end up getting like a short teaser or uh, some promotional pictures or something before then? I think that's possible, but I would not be surprised if November 12th is when we get our first full actual trailer for the book of Boba Fett.
0: Right.
2: I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Who knows? You know, there was not really any other indication. I I don't know that we would necessarily want to expect it to be as big as that Disney investors thing last year where they announced like, four hundred projects. You know, that's when they announced Acolyte and uh the Lando series and Ahsoka and all that stuff and all the Marvel stuff. I don't know if it'll be anything on that scale, but we could get some new announcements. And you know, that will be towards the end of this year, obviously, and we have Cassian or we have Andor and Obi Wan, so Maybe we even get some sort of behind-the-scenes look at one of those. Because they did a pretty significant behind-the-scenes look at Andor last year. So, you know, maybe we get that for Obi-Wan this year or something. That would be neat. Or some sort of release date for one of those. So, that's something to look forward to. Absolutely. If it's Book of Boba Fett, that's really something for me to look forward to. Speaking of... uh, the Ahsoka series there is a rumor going around um this week and this comes from the Hollywood Reporter that Disney is in the process of casting an actress to play the live action version of Sabine in the Mandalorian okay and this has been backed up by a couple other sources since so Obviously, I think it makes a lot of sense, right? Given what we know of uh, Ahsoka's story, the fact that she was asking about Grand Admiral Thrawn and the Mandalorian. Like, this is one of those things that was a given, in my opinion, that Sabine would probably be showing up in uh, the Ahsoka show, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of neat to hear that the... uh, the casting process is underway. So, i I have no idea. Like, if there's one thing I'm not great
4: at is, like, speculative casting. Well, you know, I mean, it's hard to tell because unless you've seen the casting footage, you don't really know what to expect until you see the finished product. You're assuming someone else has made a good decision in that department.
2: Right. It's not even that. It's more like you know how people will be like, oh, you know who I think should play this role? And then they have all these actors. I'm terrible at doing that. You know, like I, it's not, I I have actors that I would, it would be cool to see in star Wars, but I, it's not that I see them as a specific character, you know? Yeah.
4: Yeah. I, you know, I think Rosario Dawson was perfect for Ahsoka. Like, I think that was great. Um, I think, you know, Ewan McGregor was perfect for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, yeah. I think some of these people nailed their Jedi, like... Especially Liam Neeson. That was perfect. Yeah. And, you
2: know, as far as Mandalorian casting goes, besides a uh, sour-faced bump in the road here and there, (laughs) uh, I think they've done a really good job. I think Pedro Pascal as Din Djarin is fucking incredible and yeah you know carl weathers was fucking great um and so on and so forth so i I have faith in whoever it is that they do cast Mm -hmm. um it's just that i'm not somebody that could go like oh well this is who i think should play sabine right or this is who i think should play ezra even though there were there's already been rumors about the person cast is Zazro the actor who played, um, Aladdin in the movie. We talked about that. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm just sort of along for the ride and excited. It seems like, I mean, I have a feeling we would get, uh, some sort of indication on who it is fairly soon. If they're, they're already in the process. And a couple of the other people that have reported on it have made it seem like it's, it's not a huge list. Like, it's down to two or three different choices or something. Mm. So,
4: you know, I mean, this is a little off topic, but I'm interested to see what the future of these series is because. You know, in the past, Lucasfilm had been relying on computer-generated animated series to progress a lot of these character stories. And now it seems there's this big transition to live-action telling these character stories. And I wonder if it'll stay that way, even for the younger aimed media. You know, I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Lucasfilm
2: will always have an animated component. I think their (sighs) animated stuff is popular enough to warrant them continue to <laughs> continuing to
4: pursue that you know I agree i was just don't they they don't really have anything in the pipeline beyond the bad batch do they yeah we don't know right like uh, like they're during they're playing that one close to the chest
2: during um rebels you know we would have had no indication that resistance was in the pipeline and then resistance comes along and it you know it was definitely in development before um, rebels was finished right same thing goes with the bad batch and uh, the
4: the wrap-up of uh, the clone wars Wars. so
2: i'm sure they have stuff in the pipeline in the works in at least the planning stages that animated stuff you know they have to work on it so far in advance that i would not be surprised if they don't already have
4: because I know they've done the Forces of Destiny thing, too. Yeah, you know. there was
2: Forces of Destiny. There was Galaxy of Adventures. You know, the, the more, um, you know, the younger audience short-form animation mm-hmm. stuff that they were doing. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a feeling that there'll always be a place for Star Wars animation. Now, the big question for me, and we've probably talked about this, like, it's pretty clear That Ahsoka, the series, is going to follow up on the epilogue ending to Rebels where Sabine and Ahsoka head out to try and find Thrawn and Ezra, right? Right. How does that story translate to a more general audience that's probably not aware of the plot of Rebels? And not
4: that it can't be done, but I think you got to I think it's way simpler than, I mean, you have one that is lost and two of his compatriots are trying to find him. That's enough of a starter right there. Yeah.
2: and, And I think it's fairly easy to fill the audience in like the audience
4: doesn't need an encyclopedic knowledge of the events of rebels. I'm sure they'll mention Kanan and the ghost or whatever, like but there, there's there, no even really need to explain them at all. You know, like
2: I, I think you know, I think there's plenty of room. And I do think that there's probably some necessity in explaining some of the sort of interpersonal relationships between the rebels characters. That's I mean tastefully
4: referencing the past, you know, is right. always great. But, uh, yeah,
2: it's just one of those things that I'm interested... It's not that I don't think they can do it. I'm just interested to see how they pull off making a sequel to an animated show. And more than likely, the the Ahsoka series will have more viewers than Rebels did. And that's not taking a shit on Rebels by any means. It's just sort of the way it goes, right? More people Mm -hmm. saw The Mandalorian then saw Clone Wars or Rebels, et cetera, et cetera, right? Right. So I do feel like you have a little bit, at least, of filling in for the more general audience that you have to do. And I'm I'm excited and interested to see how they pull that off.
4: There may be, you know, it's very fashionable these days to do a recap. Like there may be, I mean, they could use the animated footage, but they may... Shoot a live-action little short recap. Give you the deets. I mean, I don't what if know... They if they actually used Freddie Prince Jr. as Kane. I don't know about
2: that necessarily as I could see them doing... I mean, that's pretty wild. I, yeah. I'm way ma- out there with that. I know that. So maybe um, some flashbacks. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, you know, The Mandalorian has worked in some flashback stuff.
4: Absolutely.
2: So... I'm excited to see it. If you had told me uh, years ago when Rebels ended, like if you had turned to me and said, by the way, I know this story is real intriguing to you, Sabine and Ahsoka setting off in the galaxy uh, post-Return of the Jedi to find Ezra. Yeah. um, You're going to see that one day, and it's going to be live action. Like, you would have blown my damn mind up. (laughs) (laughs) shit's <laughs> crazy man and, uh, <clears throat> so speaking of more future star wars products or productions uh we got the slightest little um mention from taika wheat taika watiti about how it is doing good oh, so I far just like it i liked it a fucking Put that, I fucking put that stank on Acolyte earlier. Put mm, nailing stank it. on it. Then I had to fuck up. Um, so, basically, Taika Waititi, you know, just finished up production on Thor Love and Thunder. And in a Wired article from this week, he mentions his Star Wars project. Um, it's also cool. As an aside, um, he mentioned using the volume for production in lore, in oh, Thor: cool. uh, Love and Thunder. Um, uh, this is what he said: Having finished on filming on Thor: Love and Thunder, Watiti is now focused more on his Star Wars film. It's still in the exterior space stage, he laughs, referring to the format script writers use to set up a scene, but we've got a story. I'm really excited by it because it feels very me. Has it been a challenge to marry his irreverent tone with the operatically sincere Star Wars universe? To which he said, I tend to go down that little sincerity alleyway in my films. I like to fool the viewer into thinking, ha, it's this, and then them going, damn it, you made me feel something. So that's pretty much the mention, but he's, he's now focusing on his Star Wars movie, which is exciting.
4: I saw him this weekend, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. How did you? I watched Suicide Squad this week as well. How did you like it? I dug it. Me I mean, too. I didn't really find a fault with it. Like, I was like, this is very Guardians of the Galaxy comic book movie. It, it, when I watched Guardians of the Galaxy, my mind was blown. I was like, ah, the perfect comic book movie has arrived. You know, it was just, it hit all the notes in the right spot and the quirky spots that you would need to. And, and this did a lot of the same. Maybe not, not quite as awesomely as Guardians of the Galaxy, but it, I mean, I mean, it was pretty on comic Look, book movie. I love pretty it.
2: Pretty on the money.
4: It was great. I had,
2: me. I had a lot of fun watching that movie, and I got to say, like King Shark, my dude, yeah. Sebastian the Rat, and Ratcatcher Two. Yeah, fucking love them. Like that's the thing. I came out of this after watching this, like loving the whole squad, right? Um, for the most part. I will say, I won't go into specifics because I don't want to spoil anything, but there's <laughs> there's a certain actor I'm not the biggest fan of who mm-hmm. made me nervous going into this movie because I knew they were p- part of the cast. But mm-hmm. then they bite it r- pretty early.
4: Oh, yeah. And I was like,
2: yeah. okay, cool, cool. I can relax a little because I'm not a huge okay. fan. And this is not like a, oh, they're a piece of shit. Like... This is just me being petty at someone that I don't, that just rubs me the wrong way. Right. You know what I mean? So, after that, and that's not really, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm not giving, I'm not going to say who it is. I don't want to give away it's like any spoilers. five seconds into the movie. It's not, no, I mean, it's further than that, but it's I'm not. I'm just saying, yeah.
4: it's like right at the beginning.
2: But even still, like, I don't want to give it away because there's it's some still crazy moments. New. There's some crazy moments in that fucking movie. There really are. Fucking gory, too. Oh, yeah, super gory. Thankfully, pretty cartoonishly so, though.
4: Yeah, well, uh, I don't know, man. I was, uh, I. you know, my kids have run the risk of waking up in the middle of the night, right? Like, uh, so, and, and usually, you know, I don't really watch stuff that's, you know, it potentially that gory. I don't, I don't watch horror films when they go to sleep, you know, basically. Uh, but I found myself at certain parts, I, having like physically getting up off the couch to stand in between the TV and the hallway that should they come down the hallway <laughs> that my son would not see what was on. Cause there was some gory, like, especially when they were down there in the laboratory. I mean, Psh, we'll say no more. It was, it was, uh, it was tough goings there for a minute. I mean, and you know, not that, you know, I, you know, I've had, you know, It's way worse than that, but it was pretty horrifying. It was Lovecraftian, if you will.
2: There are, um, I'll say this, like once he wraps up, because, you know, he's doing the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is such a fucking rad concept. And uh, after that, he's doing Guardians 3. Now, after he gets those two out of the way, if he wants to come back and do a sequel to this movie, I would be very stoked hell yeah. I'd be very stoked, I could definitely
4: I mean you see need it. to finish up some of that shit you know you, you've started some plot lines, yeah, that you need to wrap up, yeah,
2: <sighs> anyways, yeah, I found it pretty enjoyable. hey, um before we get to voicemails and everything, we got one big thing we gotta talk about that is the first part of the season finale of the Bad batch. Return to Camino, what'd you think, buddy?
4: uh, I thought it was a fantastic episode. Oof, you're not lying. It was
2: real good. I gotta say, um, I know we it, it, this is this is the thing that happens. We record on a Thursday you know what four to five, maybe six hours before the new episode comes out um so what invariably has happened this year is. I'll be like, you know, I I bet you this happens. And then i watch the episode a couple hours later, and that doesn't happen. And then I'm like, shit. So then I record for Patreon, and I'm like, you know what I thought was going to happen and didn't happen? (laughs) (laughs) And the same thing happened last week where I was pretty convinced that uh, Rex and Gregor would be along for the ride in the finale. Uh, but not at all. the sh- The episode literally opens, and I guess they dropped fucking Gregor off at the UPS store or something, and shipped his ass to to Rex because neither of them are
4: anywhere to be found. Yeah, right. Um, I kind of, uh, I kind of assumed, yeah, that. Well, I mean, Gregor was shot up too. I guess he's not in any shape to
2: slap some back
4: on that dude and get him back in the
2: fight. Yeah. Um, but man, what a fucking episode, dude. Like, you know, on the other hand, even though I kind of expected them to be there, Rex and Gregor, I'm also not going to complain about an episode that just sort of focuses on the core Bad Batch group either, you know, like (laughs) that, uh, that was nice as well. And this is, you know, a a really personal episode for these characters too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so in that regard, I think it really
4: worked. The thing that sticks in my mind is when Crosshair revealed that he had had his chip removed a long time ago. Was that a lie or is that?
2: I don't know, buddy. That's been sort of the debate of the week online, I feel like. Was was Crosshair lying? Was he made to believe that, that the chip it has been removed? When they really turned it up was from what I remember did when he when he had that accident in the episode that had you know that scarred up the side of his head oh yeah did that fuck up yeah did that fuck up the chip and they had to take it out because as with a lot of things in star wars time is is weird and sort of hard to follow like the first episode of the bad batch you could have told me that was you know three weeks before this episode and I would believe it. Or you could told me, tell me it was two years, and I would believe it. You know, right. It's kind of hard to track. I mean, I guess if it was two years, we would see probably some noticeable aging in uh, Omega, but still. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, um, if Crosshair really had the, the, the chip removed or not. I got to say, that whole scene, Uh, With Crosshair talking to Hunter and the rest of the Bad Batch. I fucking uh, nailed it. Like the performances, the animation, like such a good scene. And such a, like a, I don't know how to put it. Maybe a more nuanced approach than I would have expected. Like the whole process, the whole concept of like, like you guys left me behind. Like I thought we were brothers. Instead of it just being this, I'm bad for the sake of being bad, you know, edgelord type villain, like this idea that he legitimately feels sort of betrayed and abandoned by his family. Like, I thought that was a
4: really cool way to approach it. It is quite the way to bring it back around, you know, to humanize the villain. Yeah. Yet he's still
2: motivation that isn't pure evil. Just wants them to join the fucking empire though. Like I yeah. legitimately thought we were going to see a moment where he was like, no, nah, I'm just going to join you guys, you know? Yeah.
4: Cause it kind of seemed like it for a second there.
2: Yeah. Um, I will say his fucking move where he, uh, uh, did the like ricochet shot, ricochet shot to, um, take out the troopers. Yeah. Phew, badass. Very Real cool. fucking badass. <sighs> but yeah, I uh I really enjoyed this episode and they did some things that I didn't see coming. I did not see them destroying old Tapioca City or whatever. They say the name of the the Camino and City. I think it's Topico City. Tapioca Pearls. <laughs> Tapioca City. Uh and like, you know, right before they start firing on it, it does all those shots of the different uh Areas just sort of abandoned, like the mess hall and the cloning facility, and all that. Right. Real fucking cool
4: uh, and eerie. Yeah, sad kind of end of an era, kind of. Yeah, it, it it really does feel like,
2: uh, sort of closing a chapter on that part of the prequel era. Right, the whole clone saga of the prequel era seems like it got closed down on that. And then I also thought it was pretty fascinating that they go to the um, secret laboratory and uh, Omega reveals that she was there while they were being uh, experimented on or whatever. The bad batch. Yeah. Yeah uh, nice little I remember detail. Saying that. And let me just add, <clears throat> I know I've talked about the animation quality of this show, like sort of ad nauseum, <laughs> but there, the scene. Okay. I think, you know, the big breathtaking scene of this episode for a lot of people. And I totally agree. I'm not saying I don't is when the Venators start firing on the Camino in city. That shit looked yeah. incredible but another moment that I was really impressed with was when they come to land and they're trying to find that hidden landing platform and it starts raising up out of the water. Yeah. That shit looked insane. It did. Like and the, the water, water effects. effects were crazy. Yes. Yeah. 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 You yeah. You got me. So what do you think, buddy? What do you think is in store for this last episode of the season tonight?
4: Oh man. I don't know. I I just have no idea, you know. What do you
2: think? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think the bulk of the group is going to escape. I don't know how. I was wondering why they didn't just... I mean, they
4: seem pretty stuck.
2: Yeah. I was wondering why they didn't just take that uh, Jurassic World Sphere device back
4: to... Back to the ship. Mm Mm-hmm. So that I don't is really need that was a neat part of that episode too. the, the secret mm-hmm. access tunnel, you know, the undercover. I like that.
2: I just I wonder. So to me, it comes down to two two things on how they escape. Do they escape on their own or is there outside influence Does someone show up someone or a group of someone's show up to save them? Right.
4: Yeah. Um, the guy that. Refused on Ryloth. Um, Do you remember the clone trooper? Uh, Yeah. Were they put to death? Oh yeah, Hauser. No, I think they were were they put to death or were they like went to detention?
2: Yeah, I think they just captured, put them in detention or something.
4: Because you know, Gregor was in detention. Yeah. So it's possible some of these guys are locked up. Yeah, I just
2: wonder. I doubt they would be in detention on Camino, So I kind of wonder, like, maybe this is where Rex and Gregor show up. Maybe they show up. Maybe, you know what I think? I think Boba Fett shows up in his starship and rescues them, and they're like, who are you? And he's like, I'm your brother. Brother.
4: (laughs) I'm your big brother. And then it's like,
2: you know, credits roll. I don't know. Movies all
4: around. I...
2: I'm not convinced that everybody gets out okay, though. I'm really not. And oh, I I know I've had these occasional bitch. bursts of like, I got a bad feeling about this, and you know I was real worried about Wrecker, and,
4: and... I'm still worried about Wrecker. <laughs> I know,
5: I'm man.
2: I'm
4: still worried about. I feel like there's the he's the one they're gonna take from me, oh. because if it's not Wrecker, it's Hunter, and I don't know how you can do that to poor Echo already, like. Oof. She could recover from the loss of of Wrecker, but it would be intense. I mean, that's really the best story, you know. I also feel
2: like, you know, there's the potential that we see Crosshair sacrifice himself to save everybody. Ooh. It might be a little early for that given the last episode, but it could happen. You know. It could happen. I just I I feel like we got another season's worth of I do too. I kind of feel like Crosshair is the potential partial villain. I think you have, you know, the start of uh, the potential to have the start of season two with Crosshair along for the ride. Like they, he's with them now. They escape with him, but he is, you know, still not down with the cause. He's still all into the empire. and, And like, they're having to deal with this dude on board. Who's, you know, they've, Been butting heads with with it for an entire previous season and stuff.
4: Or he parts ways. You know, he goes off solo, Han Solo style. You know, like, no longer part of the Empire, but no longer part of Order 99. Yeah. Order 99. Um, That was, I was like, you know, it's really, Crosshair's got two ways he's going to go. He's going to run afoul these guys to the point where, you know, you pissed them off enough, you threaten Omega enough, they'll kill you eventually if you make them. Or he's gonna, he's got a redemption arc, you know, like uh, that's just like he's gonna come back to the team somehow, or he's gonna make them kill him. Yeah,
2: I kind of feel like it's probably gonna go the redemption arc route.
4: I mean, Um, that's what we want to see, right? That's super
2: Star Wars, right? What about fucking Tarkin dropping the you may fire when ready line? Yeah, I mean Tarkin's been really good this whole season. I can't believe in the the entire history of Steven Stanton playing <coughs> Tarkin through Clone Wars and um, Rebels and stuff that uh, this is the first time we got to hear him say "You may fire when ready," and he you fucking try. nailed it. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm looking forward to the finale. Um, Me too. You're gonna see it tonight. Yep. And we'll be talking about it next week. Yeah, we will. So, you want to jump into some voicemails and some emails? Do it. Let's do it.
4: D. Kia Kiad, Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box. Kiad, Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big and stud. He loves to split chicks with his pun. Key D. Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Key D. Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. Cockhead. Blue Hurst. Cockhead. Harsberger. Cockhead. Will win.
0: Cockhead. King. King Tom, King. Joe, Key
2: D, Chucky. All right, so first up, we got our buddy King Tom Chansky. Let's hear what he has to say.
1: You guys have probably talked about it already, but this voicemail is going to be about what if i know Hawes and i have talked about our love for the series um the comic book series i mean it it was awesome because like i didn't care about the avengers and the evolutionary war back in the 80s but you can bet i loved every page of what if number one what if the avengers lost the evolutionary war um it was just such an awesome series and having the 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 cartoon on disney plus with mcu related it's it's just a A great thing to do and I'm glad Marvel's doing it and of course that brings the question and if maybe you got you know maybe Haas and I our our mental connection is is working maybe you guys have already talked about it but I think Disney should do something like this for Star Wars especially in animation to kind of let people know hey it's not real and um not really canon I mean and you know it brings to mind the obvious question Do you guys have any what-if stories in the Star Wars universe? And I know um, Dark Horse, a while back, they had, I think it was called Infinities. But it was like they did one of them for each of the original trilogy movies. What if Luke Skywalker missed, um, you know, his shot in the Death Star? What if Luke died during Hoth? And I don't remember what the Return of the Jedi one, but it had a big mistake of Vader in an all-white costume. Um, (laughs) Still, it was interesting, but, like, Do you have any... Your ideas... Not big things. I'm thinking smaller things. Like, mine, something I thought would be an interesting story is, like, what if Qui-Gon left the Jedi Order when they told him he, you know, he couldn't train Anakin? And I always thought it would be cool, like, him and Anakin go off to somewhere, um, you know, secret... And they, they rescue Shmi, and, you know, Padme returns to Naboo, but it, it's already overrun, so she goes into hiding. And, like, what happens from the Clone Wars from there, and, you know, at some point you have Qui-Gon and Anakin, you know, like 20 years later, uh, meeting up with, with Padme to former rebellion to save the galaxy. I always thought that thought that would be a really cool story to tell. But I want to see which ones, if you guys have any. Anyway, thanks for listening.
4: Thanks for
2: the great podcast, and I'll talk with you later. Ooh. So, Will, if you had to tell... what
4: What's some Star Wars what-if stories? No, I haven't thought about this, okay. uh, but I, I like the question. I like the idea of where this goes.
5: Um,
4: what if Darth Vader had won the fight with Obi-Wan Kenobi?
2: That's one that immediately popped in my mind, too, right? What if... What if- Yeah. What What if Darth
4: Vader was not disfigured? Yeah, was not machine.
2: Yeah, that's a good one, right? I think that would be interesting, and in a complete flip of that, like, what if Anakin didn't betray the Jedi in the uh, showdown with Sidious in his office when he shows up? What if he, um, you know, didn't chop off uh, Mace Windu's hand and shit like that, like yeah, where where would that have gone? Because you know, I'm I'm fairly con- certain that Sidious was playing that all up. You know what I mean? Like, Palpatine wasn't really on, as on the ropes as he's he wants it to seem in that scene. Right. He's doing that for effect to try and turn Anakin over to his side. So, what happens if Anakin? you
4: know, doesn't interfere there. I think that would what be what happens if Padme is killed at the battle of Geonosis. Oh, there's never a Luke and Leo oh. but Anakin also doesn't have the attachment to losing Padme. He's already lost her. Right. Which might send him down the dark path even earlier
2: or prevent him from going to the dark side. Right. Um, oh, this one might be kind of silly. What if Anakin didn't win the pod race?
4: That you know, I thought about that, and I was like, uh, it doesn't really kind of matter, like if he. Well, did they would have still had figured it out. They so still like. would have had a a hard time. Uh.
2: Getting off Tatooine. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's it's a little sillier, and it's definitely not as high stakes.
4: Less stakes, yeah, yeah, as the it other ones. Yeah, but it's it's a fun one to think about. Um,
2: what if Obi Wan didn't die, on the Death Star? Ooh and stuck around to be able to train luke
4: yeah that would be a good one actually what if it
2: would have worked out well all right what about this what if leia was sent to tatooine and luke was sent to alderaan
4: Ooh, that's a good flip what if han solo didn't help in the assault on the original death star and Luke launched the torpedoes to destroy the Death Star, but Darth Vader destroyed Luke in his X-Wing oh, in the process. Shit. That one gets dark quick. <laughs> then, then, you know, I,
2: I, I, so I tell you what the story I, I tell with that is you're right. Like, uh, Luke still blows up the Death Star, but gets killed. In the process, Darth Vader.
4: falls to Leia to be the next yes, Jedi.
2: yes. And then what you do is you have Leia start getting uh, contacted by the ghost of Obi Wan, and then have her have to go. In fact, I don't know that it was that exact or even storyline, but I think one of the infinities. Oh, really? Did, did a similar storyline, but I think it was that Luke died during the events of Empire Strikes Back. So then, Leia goes to Dagobah and trains with Lo, uh, Yoda
4: and shit, right? I mean, there's the obvious one: what if Luke falls to the dark side at the end of Return of the Jedi? Like or, that's almost
2: or Empire yeah. Strikes Back. What if he accepts right. accepts right. Vader's offer? Like I think those are like that's a given one that you do.
4: Yeah, that's just what you know. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's see. What if? What if Han Solo was never thawed from carbonite and was, <laughs> still was just a
2: permanent fucking wall decoration
4: until the next generation? Like wasn't thawed until the Force Awakens and like immediately aged <laughs> to that age, <laughs> like uh, quantum leap caught up with him or some shit.
2: <laughs> oh man, it's a it's a fun idea to to think about. Like I. Uh, like King Tom said he and I have talked about it like I was a huge fan of the what if comics yeah I thought the first episode of the new animated series was really fun it was a really good time I uh, I waited until Jesse was off of work yesterday to watch it and I started it not knowing like if it would really be Jesse's thing and then like literally within four minutes she's like this is fucking cool this is really cool <laughs> and I was like yeah it's really okay. cool what if Marvel what if is rad
4: you want to know 12 year old William Witten's what if Star Wars that would have just been perfect Uh what if after Return of the Jedi Han Solo flies his uh, Millennium Falcon into the Luke Skywalker Star Destroyer like that Luke and Leia and Han and Chewie and Lando and everybody is on like their own rebellion star destroyer and they pimp around the galaxy taking care of people and helping plan basically (laughs) star trek star wars i
6: guess
4: (laughs) on their own little ship oh man (sighs) hunting down force relics and uh holocrons okay so
2: we have the next voicemail is this is from our buddy neil and he has set up a choose your own adventure for us will ooh so one second while i get this set up all right let's see how this goes now he's got it super laid out so i'm i'm almost certain that i can't fuck this up but it's me yeah. you know what i mean it's yeah. me will you know that if life finds a way halls finds a way so <laughs> Uh, let's start this off. Let's see. I'm excited to do this. I, I love fucking choose-your-own-adventure shit. So. Me too. Hi, Oz and Will.
7: It's your boy Neil giving you a call from Chicago. So I have a really fun activity to do today. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, I have created a choose-your-own-adventure voicemail-style story where your choices will matter and the story will be shaped by what you choose but at the same time uh, your choices will dictate how everything
0: goes forward
7: so kind of think of it like a Bioware RPG so what I would
2: recommend Speaking is that you my guys language. make collective choices for the character together or maybe just have one of you run it because you can't really do it twice with the way I've designed it so in any case when you guys are ready start up the first voicemail Is this when Kia DiMondi dies? What's on at Order
0: 66.
7: You awaken in a cold sweat as the anguish of a nightmare begins to fade. and the darkness, a faint blue glow on your holovid unit indicates a waiting message. You stumble over, rubbing sleep from your eyes as you go and press play. A Sarian who looks very much like yourself comes on screen. My child, if you are receiving this message, then I have passed on, and you are what remains of the Mundy line. Krell, my son, seek out your mother. She is hidden away on the farthest moon of our system. Don't trust the clones. The message fades while emotions run over you. While you begin to wrestle with what you have just heard, your gut tells you it is time to leave. You grab your holdout blaster, a change of clothes, and any credit chips you have. And head out the door as you exit your home a squad of troopers is checking residences there is an alley to the back of the troopers that you could head toward or the open garage bay across the
2: street
4: the choice is yours
2: well what are we doing here buddy
4: the alley or the garage bay is what I heard
2: yes
5: mm.
4: Um, You call it. It's probably one way or the other. The garage bay might have some stuff. The alley may be a quicker getaway. I like stuff. I'm thinking garage. You want
2: to do garage? Yeah, let's do the garage. I think this is path B.
7: As the troopers are further up the street, you decide the garage is safer and duck under the half-open bay door and close it behind you. As you turn around, you notice a Gamorrean in a mechanics uniform start to grunt at you and motion for the bay door behind you. You get the feeling you are not welcome here, but you have to find a way off world. You can try and flash your blaster to intimidate him to get to the main street at the customer entrance or you try and intuit what he is saying and communicate your distressing situation. The choice is yours.
2: What do you want to do here, Will?
4: I mean, the diplomatic option is probably to talk it out, but in the heat of the moment, I'd probably flash the blaster.
2: See, this to me seems like your classic... World bio dilemma. Yes, your, you'll pay for it later. Your Bioware, Paragon, or Renegade choice. And I always go Paragon, right? So yeah. I think we try to negotiate. Talk it out. Okay. All right,
4: talk it out.
7: You stare at the Gomorian and try to understand him. You are not sure why, but you suddenly feel as if you have experienced a 30-second conversation with the alien, with him explaining the quickest way to the spaceport through the back alleys. But all he did was smile at you and gesture to the door. As you exit the garage and go to the path designated by the mechanic, you hear your father's voice in your head. It starts so small, my child. You reflect on this as you enter the spaceport. Empire? When the galaxy does that mean? You don't have time to find out, though, as clone troopers are checking IDs in line ahead of you. Let me see your
2: identification. You don't need to see my identification.
7: You decide to make a break for it, and that's definitely the better option than being arrested. To your left is a small shipping freighter with a scruffy-looking pilot loading his last few crates. To your right, a civilian transport built for local system travel is loading luggage through an automated door under its belly. Which way do you run?
2: Alright, well, civilian transport scruffy oh, looking. Man, give Trans- me the
4: scruffy better <sighs> every day.
2: Yeah, you got me, brother. That's exactly what I was going to say. Alright, here we go. I think this is our last choice for this one. So here we go.
7: As the cargo bay doors begin to close on the freighter, you run as fast as you can for it. The troopers see you running and shout after you as they give chase. You jump at the cargo bay doors and tune in next week, ladies and gentlemen, for Inheritance Part 2.
2: Dang, look at that, Will. That took Got a him. lot of fucking work. I'm impressed. That's really well done. It's all about, about Kia that. D's kid.
4: Yeah, Kia D's kid making the getaway.
2: The seed of Kiadi mundi
4: The seed is strong. (laughs) All right. He's coming to save the motherfucking day,
2: yeah. (laughs) All right, so who do we got next? We got, man, I feel like it's been a little bit since we heard from him, but it is Utah. Utah.
4: Utah.
2: Utah. Utah.
4: Utah. Utah.
2: Dougie. Dougie. Let's see what he has to say. Haas
0: and Will. This is Dougie. I apologize. It's been a while since I have um, sent in a message to you guys. And, Haas, I have a secret um, I need to confess. Uh, my employer is based out of Birmingham, Alabama. And I always hoped that one day maybe I could go back for some meetings one day and maybe meet up with you and Jesse and whoever else is there and take you to a wonderful, fancy dinner. I'm thinking maybe um, Sonic. You know, <laughs> get yourself something, something nice. Anyways, I don't think that's in the cards. I've just changed employers, and uh, I won't be in Birmingham any day any day now. So, But anyways, uh, my question for this week is uh, with... With uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, when everybody comes together and fights at the end, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen on screen. How would you do that in the Star Wars universe? Who would be on what team? How would you pull people together? They kind of did it on the, um, the holiday uh, Lego holiday animated special. So I want to know how how you would put your teams together, how they would get there. Who lives, who dies, who wins, um, how they win, um, just your version of the Avengers in game Star Wars style. Love the podcast. Keep up
2: the good work. Peace. What do you think, Will?
4: Ooh, um, just right off the tip of my head, there would be some sort of enemy or entity that could only be fought through like all of the greatest Jedi through time. And Ray would have to use the world between worlds to pluck Jedi from different timelines to bring them together to help stop the big bad and then take them back to where they were plucked from.
2: Now, that, that to me is not something I would want to see in actual Star Wars canon. Like, just because it's a little too... too I mean, you're you know, asking...
4: I mean, I was just giving you the equivalent now, of but that scene.
2: Going back to King Tom's voicemail, if that was in some sort of what-if story... And Dougie's not wrong. That's not too unsimilar to what they did in the, the Lego Star Wars holiday special that they did yeah. last year. But to see that, you know, obviously portrayed in a little bit more serious of a tone with Rey and all kinds of badass Jedi through history at her side sheesh that could be awesome it would be cool now here's how I see it and this is gonna get ready for uh, not a bit of surprise here it is the end of the Mandalorian event like meaning we've had however many seasons of the Mandalorian the book of Boba Fett Ahsoka so on and so forth it's whatever this big ending event is and Din Djarin and a couple of his homies are the backs against the wall, probably trying to retake Mandalore. The big bad's probably Thrawn. And who shows up? But fucking everybody. You know what I mean? Boba Fett. Young Luke Skywalker. And, and, and uh, Grogu. Grogu
4: and all the Jedi cadets. And yeah, young and, Kylo Ren. And oh my God. Yes.
2: Yes, Will. And, and Ben fucking, Kenobi. fucking Han Solo. And Chewie in mean, the Millennium Zeller, yeah. Falcon. Yeah, Falcon. uh Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Boba Fett. May- Mayfeld. Scary, Mayfeld. Fucking. Uh. 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 Carl Weathers. Grief. Carga is there. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. Cad Bane. He's a good guy for once. For some reason. Fucking. Uh. Sabine. Ahsoka. Uh. Ezra. Um. The Terminator, um, (laughs) Jack Burton, uh, uh, John Locke, you know what I mean? Like, everybody. Jack Skellington. (laughs) Jack Skellington. This is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. This is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween.
4: Mm. The Little
2: Mermaid. The Iron Giant. Simba, Iron Giant. (laughs) Like fucking everybody, everybody the shows shows up <laughs> the to fucking save Gundam. the day. Pause. Pause. Um. Uh. The 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 Mandalorian that was played by John Favreau that John Favreau did the voice for.
4: Oh, he, the, that's the legacy <laughs> name. Pause. Vizsla. Vizsla.
2: Um, yeah. Uh, 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 the armorer. Uh, um. Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's how I imagine this this thing going down. Dash Rindar, <laughs> Dash Rindar, Snoova, uh, <laughs> the Toodle fruits. I'm reaching uh, the, toodle fruit. the Toodle fruits. Oh no! He Man, He Man, and Battle Cat on Battle Cat.
4: Who are you gonna call?
2: Uh, Doctor Afra. He Man, uh, Black Turkistan. <laughs> Or whatever that Wookiee's called. Um, The talking toilet from Look Who's Talking. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? You don't remember that scene from Look Who's Talking? It might have been Look Who's Talking too, where they're trying to teach him how to, like, they're trying to potty train him, and he goes in there and the toilet's talking to him, and he's like, let me eat your doo-doo. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Oh shit! I'm gonna have to look it up. Did I? God. Just
4: imagine that? No, you probably you probably did on. It's hard to watch a Kirstie Alley movie these days.
2: Look who's talking to Mr. Toilet Man. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna send it to you. Fucking ad.
4: Mmm, built-in
2: fire protection. Somebody didn't pay for YouTube premium. <laughs> that is Somebody me. Somebody
4: wasn't a sucker.
2: Here, you gotta watch. I'll play the audio for for the the audience. Mr. Toilet Man. I'm pretty sure he's like, I haven't seen this movie in years, but clearly it affected me because I'm pretty sure he's like, let me eat your shit! <laughs>
6: what if Eddie said was true? Mr. Toilet Man eating your pee-pee? Oh, well. I guess I really don't believe that. But then, on the other hand, what if there is a Mr. Toilet Man? Well, I think i better just turn the light on just to make sure. Uh, just as I thought. Just a regular old toilet, huh? When did I tell Eddie about this? Eddie and his bonehead ideas. Hey
0: you, you little fisher. I'm talking to you. Oh no, what is that?
2: Hey, you're supposed to give me some peepee. Where's that peepee? We're talking about peepee here. I need that peepee. Oh no, Mr. Toilet Man! Bro, they did a pr- a practical puppet toilet.
4: Oh my goodness!
2: I knew I was right. I knew there was a talking toilet. Clearly oh, had effective. Oh yeah.
4: I need. We're giving a peepee.
2: All right, Mr. Toilet Man, you about to get it? All right. Um. Um, all right, here is a voicemail from, uh, our good buddy, Intercontinental Tom, Tom Sutton, pleasant Tom, wonderful Tom.
3: Hey there, beloved blue harvesters. This is uh, Tom in Sweden. How's it going? It's been a while. Um, um, man, how about that episode of uh, the Bad Batch? I I think one of the things I like most about the show is watching that um, evolution from the Republic to the Empire. And um, to me, it's been really satisfying so far. You know, we've seen what it's like on a separatist world. We've seen what it's like on a Republic world. Now we're seeing uh, what's what's going on, um, you know, with uh, phasing out the clones and... um, What's going on with the Camino? It's good stuff. Really good. I can't wait for the next episode. Um, I have really been enjoying, uh, Horst, your um, your instant uh, reaction podcast on the Patreon. Uh, so nice to have that uh, immediately. You know, as soon as the episode's are done, you get to kind of like share the experience with uh, someone. And I, I really love that. Um, you mentioned uh, that... Uh, you know once the bad batch is over we're going into a little bit of a dry spell and you asked if people had any um kind of uh ideas or um suggestions or whatever to kind of feel the the feel the space until we get into book of boba fett um so uh, apologies if this voicemail is a bit long but i thought in the spirit of that request i would uh, do a bit of a two-parter so um part one is uh i wanted to get your input on a kind of a like a an bit of a funny situation um i on facebook i am uh, you know quote-unquote friends with uh this guy um i don't know who he is uh being part of the music scene you end up with a lot of people sending your friend friend requests and whatnot so it's probably through that um but he appears to be working as a set builder on lucasfilm projects so he is currently working on the book of boba fett and he's straight up just posting photos from the set (laughs) and like he posts stuff and i'm just like what like this is i mean does does he not know that like he's not supposed to do that um, some time ago, I actually commented on one of his photos, like, um, really cool, you know, this is great, uh, but do, ha, does Lucasfilm have an issue with this? Or And he uh, he never answered. Um, so I don't know, like, uh, you know, I'm not, it would be pretty egotistical to like screenshot his stuff or whatever and send it to you know certain people who you know would turn it into news and it would be quite big news I think um these images uh but I also don't want to get this guy fired (laughs) um you know a lot of it's pretty standard you know like okay there's a moisture evaporator you know big no surprise there but there's a couple of images that are mildly spoilerish, I would say. Not strongly at all, but t- a tiny bit, maybe. So anyway, that's uh, that's part one. Wh- uh, would you just um, sit back and uh, watch him go, or what would you do? Um, <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, dude, I'd just let it ride.
2: I, I mean, that's probably what I would do. I mean, I you know, like... If I had, like, a, a buddy, like an internet buddy, who was, like, overweight and hairy and in a wheelchair and had a real clean dick, it had been established that his dick is, like, chef's kiss. Especially now imm- that he's watching it. Immaculately clean. I might throw him a couple of bones, especially if he a big bow with that guy, you know? But otherwise, I'd probably just let it ride. Because, like you said, like, you don't want to get the dude in trouble, you don't want to get the dude fired. Um, <sighs> that's crazy, though. You want to talk about something I wish would happen on Facebook? Is just some random person. I'm but pretty you selective.
4: Wish you had that friend.
2: Pretty selective, though. You know what I mean about. I don't. The other thing is I don't really fuck with Facebook much. I'm just not a huge fan of Facebook. Um, but yeah, probably just let it ride. Unless you know, there, like I said, there was this special circumstance where maybe I knew this guy and him and his buddy had done like 313 episodes of a star Wars podcast. And, you know, he was pretty hyped about the book of Boba Fett. And I don't know. He liked tool a whole lot. I, you know, just throwing out random things here. You know what I mean? Just,
4: I don't, know who that could be.
2: I don't either. Like that's a pretty hard set of circumstances to meet. Um, But yeah, so let's hear what the second part of his voicemail is.
3: Maybe we can pause there while you have a discussion, long or short. Here we go. All right, part two. Um, I guess you guys have have uh, talked about the unfortunate passing of J.W. Rinzler. Oh, I am a massive fan of his uh, behind-the-scenes books, especially the making of books. Um, I just think like we are going to be reading his uh behind the scenes star wars books for decades to come they're really like so so amazing um uh, one thing i do on my own podcast which is called star wars fun for everyone especially me um is uh we take his star wars sound effects book um uh, Perhaps uh, people listening have heard of it or have it themselves. It's uh, basically like a, an audio player uh, with numbered, or, you know, um, sound effects from the films, um, and it, it covers the first six uh, films. And um, you can, you know, press a button and uh, it'll play the sound, and then you can read information about the background of that sound effect. So I thought it would be fun and a bit of a tribute to uh, Mr. Rinzler. If I uh, play a sound, and um, you guys could try to guess what the sound was. Uh-oh. Uh, here we go. Let's start with the first one. Oh, my goodness. Mm.
2: I have no idea what that is.
4: I'm pretty sure that's hitting a wrench along a taut, uh, like, one of the cables that goes from the ground to the top of a... isn't
2: that a laser blast though isn't that oh, how is they get not? that so- sound i don't know if he's asking how they make the sound or if or he's asking what, it's what used for what it's used for i don't know let's
3: hear play it one more time all right the answer to that one is that is the stun Stun, uh, the stun shot, I guess.
2: Oh, that's what that
4: was? Interesting.
2: Weird.
3: It's just much longer. It's you weird to, to hear, hear
2: it. Yeah, it's weird to hear it outside of the movie without all the other stuff going.
3: Okay, okay. See would call it? <laughs> so popular in the Bad Batch recently. Uh, yeah, when the stormtroopers shoot Leia. Yeah. Okay, let's try another one. <laughs>
2: that's an animal now that's not that's not a tauntaun i think that's a bantha it's either a bantha or a dewback whatever it is it sounds like me waking up in the morning
3: that's a bit of a harder one what do you think the answer is that was a bantha. Hey! hey. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to pick one more at random. Let's see what it sounds like.
2: Oh, that's easy.
4: That's a Millennium that Falcon.
2: Oh, okay. That's a Millennium Falcon flying by or whatever. Like, maybe that's... Uh, is that it approaching Yavin?
3: Hmm. So I'm just I'm just turning I'm just checking so I don't get it wrong. Listen to it one more time. All right, that was indeed the Millennium Falcon. All right, so that was just from A New Hope. Maybe we can do more from uh, 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 other films in the future, guys. Thank you so much. I love uh, I love the podcast. Um, it really puts a smile on my face. Uh, I'm looking forward to the final episode of season one of the bad batch and looking forward to going back and uh, rewatching some of the, uh, standout episodes. Cause it's been really good. All right. All the best. This is intercontinental Tom signing off.
2: Thanks so much, buddy. And thank you for reminding me to mention JW Rensler because it completely s- slipped my mind last week. Um, <clears throat> he passed away. He had been dealing with pancreatic cancer um, and it is a shame the dude without a doubt created some of the most important comprehensive behind the scenes looks at the making of these Star Wars movies and one of if not the biggest disappointments to me about the sequel trilogy is that we never got his making of The Force Awakens book mm. because I would have loved uh, that level of in-depth detail so it's a shame, um, and he provided, for especially for people that like to get down and dirty and read all the inside, inside in and outs, rather, of the making of these movies that we love so much, like his stuff was invaluable, and that's not even counting all the stuff he did outside of Star Wars, which there was a ton of that, too. All right, so we got two more voicemails and an email to wrap up the evening. Next up, we've got Jacob.
6: Howdy-ho, Ranger Joes. If the uh, aliens came today and uh, bestowed upon you, your choice of two gifts. Gift one, it is a fully functional, real lightsaber that looks exactly like the Katana lightsaber from the upcoming Star Wars Visions. But in order to get it, you have to quit bathing or showering for the rest of your life and you may very well get the dirty dick or gift number two they give you a fully functional set of mandalorian armor but in order to get that you have to bathe 10 times a day and completely shave all your body hair every single time so the choice is yours are you gonna be have that dirty dick or are you gonna most likely have very dry skin and look like a very strange alien yourself what do you guys uh think your choice of gift would be
4: uh this is easy for me yeah right I can't bathe for the rest of my life. That's the kicker right there. Bruh,
2: Dingleberry City. I'm telling you right now, like, even if the bathing, bathing, no bathing thing wasn't in place, I don't know that I should have a real lightsaber, right? I'm fucked up enough as it is. I don't need to accidentally cut off a leg or a hand or set my house on fire. Like, it just seems like Danger City, you know? Yeah, right uh secondly it's like keeping hot lava in the house i would do yeah exactly um i would do the mandalorian armor simply because if i had real functioning and mandalorian armor with a jet pack and shit you're never gonna see me i'm gonna be like fucking din jar and where a neighbor take my helmet off so uh shaving my and entire not- body
4: Dude, I'll just take baths in Nair. I'll have like a giant pool of Nair. And, you take and ten... it'll just eventually stop growing back. Or I'll just have electrolysis all over my body and yeah. I'll be hairless. Yeah, and then fucking ten showers a day, they'd be like, damn, that
2: Mandalorian guy smells good. Did you see him on his jetpack? Badass. It's an easy choice for me. I ain't gonna be looking like a fucking bison. Have you ever been around a bison in person, Will? Like up close? Yeah. They're cool. Yeah, but them them things are fucking stanky. You're matted up. Yeah. That's what I would look like if I didn't be.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and,
4: I, and, and as we What would I look like shaved? Probably the um, Aqua Teen, Hunger Force, Drew Baca. You know I what? i look like shaved Wookiee is what i look like. Go look up like
2: hairless gorilla or chimpanzee. That's what I would look like shaved. Completely shaved. And I would no doubt be single. Because one time... Jesse was like, "I think you should shave your beard," and I was like, "You don't want that." And she was like, "No, I want to see what you look like without a beard." You look like Richard. <laughs> so she went to, um, she went to work, and I was like, "All right." She asked for it, and I shaved my beard off. And when she got home from work, she was like, "It looks nice." That's what she came. not look at you. Yes, that's what came out of her mouth. But the look in her eyes and the fact that she wouldn't make eye contact with me or be affectionate for the le- next two weeks while my beard grew back in, told the real story, right? Told the- She was like, oh, wow, you look like a monster. No wonder you grow that beard. I don't look like Richard. I don't look like my dad. You when, do a little bit. I do not look like my dad. Uh, maybe if my dad was fat. Uh, speaking of which, at my um, nephew's birthday party, my dad told me that he's thinking about growing a beard. And I was like, fucking go for it, dude. You're retired now. Do it. Grow that retirement beard. Yeah, grow your retired beard. All Who's right. shaven? And now we got a voicemail from
4: Jim.
5: Good evening, Oz and Will. How are you guys doing? I uh, dropped my oldest, Julia, off at kindergarten today for her first day of school ever. I'm super excited about that. But uh, speaking of, you know, classrooms and books and all that stuff, uh, the High Republic how do you think they're going to transition into movies? And by that, I mean, if the stories that are in the books are canon, do you think that they're just going to translate that uh, onto screen and, um, you know, pick and choose their favorite parts? Um, and, you know, I feel like the Great Disaster will be in there. I feel like the uh, the ups and downs with Loden great storm are going to be on there and everything that's happened with him and, you know... Certain things I feel have to be on screen. Do you, do you think that they're going? It'll be the first time, you know. Star Wars is usually on screen, and then the books are spinoffs or filling in the blanks in between films and all that. Uh, just curious, what you guys have to say about that, and what do you think will happen? All right, guys, ignite that green.
2: So I think if they ever start exploring that era in film, in live action films. Right. <laughs> it's the fact that the acolyte is set towards the end of the high Republic era. I think that's pretty telling to me that that seems like they want the publishing side of stuff to have free reign to do what it wants to do. And then same thing for the show. Right. Right. And the fact that the high Republic era covers such a long period of time, like 150 years or something to me says that they can sort of, if they wanted to do movies, they could sort of set them anywhere. If they wanted to adapt stuff from the books, I would be totally cool with that and think that was awesome because I think the books are really cool uh, and there would be cool stuff to see like the Nile, the Great Disaster, you know, stuff Jim brought up. But I also think that gets a little hairy because then do you want the filmmaker to be beholden 100% to the books and what was told in the books
4: because oh. it gets dangerous when you dabble a little and a little
2: yeah because you know <clears throat> if if you don't want the, you know if you want them to have free reign and creative control to do what they want and they decide they want to make this change here or there then uproars happen and people get upset so I don't know um, I kind of feel like if they were to ever do movies and I, and I feel like this will be the same with the, uh, acolyte series that we're getting that the, the books and all the publishing stuff we've gotten in the high Republic will serve as super fleshed out, strong backstory material, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if they do reference the great dis- uh, disaster and shit like that, you know?
4: Right. Especially if it's era-defining. Yes. If it has a relevance to what's going on in in the time and place. Yeah. You need to know about it.
2: All right. So we got an email, and then we're going to call it a week. Uh, This is from Sam. Howdy, Halls and Will. I hope you're both surviving through this crazy summer heat. Let's hope the Bad Batch finale is as great as it's been building up to. Anyway, I wanted you I wanted you to picture having a party, probably before COVID, and you invite a bunch of the prequel and Clone Wars Jedi over to the house. Who would you love having at a party and who would sit in the corner hating every moment? There are quite a few personalities and I'd love to hear what you think. Have a great week and keep on doing what you do. Best wishes Sam. Ooh.
4: So Jedi prequel era Jedi and clones, is mm-hmm. that what he said? Yeah, just Jedi. Uh, Yoda would be there, uh, but he would just be, like, smiling and watching it over and all. Yeah. Uh, Mace Windu would hate every second of it, I as don't well know. as I... Ki-Adi-Mundi. They would I, okay. both hate the shit out of it. So
2: I think ki mundi would hate it, but I think Mace Windu might be kind of cool.
4: You know what I mean? He's only there till Yoda leaves. Like, he's part of Yoda's entourage.
2: Yeah, I, okay, yeah, so they show up together, but I also feel like, you know, he might have a couple cocktails... Like, this isn't Jedi business, you know what I mean? This isn't, mm. like, he's not having to worry about the Republic or this fucking hot-headed upstart Anakin doing shit. Maybe I'm maybe I'm conflating Mace Windu with Samuel L. Jackson. Um, Plo Koon, I would want to have him there.
4: Absolutely.
2: Yaddle, I would love to have Yaddle there just so I can yep. see what the fuck's going on with Yaddle.
4: Obi-Wan Kenobi's charming up. The crowd, he's playing piano or something.
2: Yeah, but he probably has like one too many drinks and says something a little sketchy after like that sixth or seventh drink. Not like really? friendship ending sketchy, but just like eyebrow raising sketchy. Like maybe he shares- To where a, you're cut off. <laughs> what's that? Yeah. To where you're cut off. You're like, yeah, let's- Like somebody secretly switches out his drink for a glass of water. hmm And they're like, did you hear- Obi Wan telling that story about jerking off to hollow vids of, of of Senator Padme Amidala that was a little fucked up. Yikes! Yikes. <clears throat> um, Kit Fisto he'd probably be all right. He'd be wild. Yeah, he'd be in the pool. Oh, yeah. Um,
4: uh, I'd have Dax cater it. Oh, the food would be fantastic.
2: I mean, I'd be a little freaked out by a giant four-armed roach man making all the food at first, but I bet you it'd be good regardless. Yeah,
4: as soon as the little waitress robot pulled up to try to get your order, you'd I'd be fine. Like, I'm 100% cool with this.
2: What's going on here? Um, let me see. I mean, Qui-Gon would probably preep. Qui-Gon would be cool, but a little pretentious. You know, the pretentious person at the party. It always makes me think of that, that line in. The dad, um,
4: he's got the dad vibe and he doesn't do anything. He's had maybe one drink and that's all he's going to drink.
2: Um, That line in Scott Pilgrim where the guy's like, you know, their first album is way better than their mm-hmm, first album. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of party guy Qui-Gon is. Like he's going to, he's not going to hate on the music you're playing at the party. But he's gonna have something to say about it, so he, he's like you're gonna know he disapproves.
6: <coughs> it's right. gonna
2: be pretentious a little
4: bit. Look, I and love Wato's gonna be there uninvited, and I'm gonna be debating on whether I need to kick this motherfucker out of here. <laughs> um
2: and look, i I love that he's the the unofficial official mascot for the show. But ki Mundy is a fucking downer at a party. 100%. Yeah, 100%. He's the guy who, like, you're you're just like, everybody finally cuts loose when he leaves.
4: He's the one-upsman. He's like, oh, you guys think this is a party? You yeah. should see the parties on my home world. Right. That's exactly what he says. That's exactly the kind of party-goer he is.
5: All right.
2: So that does it for us this week. Thanks for recording with me, buddy. Hey, dude. Thanks for having me on. It was a blast. Uh, Hey guys, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps out the podcast visibility, and we really appreciate it. If you enjoy our theme song, please be sure to check out Stoned Cobra, the band that was kind enough to provide the music. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And finally you should check out the high potion podcast, the video po- game podcast that I do with our buddy, Steve. It's a good time. We're uh, about 11, 10 or 11 episodes in. And, uh, that about does it next week. We'll be talking about the finale of the bad batch and whatever assorted things happen. And then after then it's fucking question marks for a little bit. My dude really hoping things happen real. I mean, Something happened. we have the, uh, the making of finale of the mandalorian season two coming so we can talk about that we have visions coming in september and then book of boba fett in december it's between all that stuff that i'm a little worried about we'll see how it goes but then next year it's gonna be a banger so anyways guys thanks for listening this has been blue harvest i'm Halls burkhart and i'm will Witten. And may the force be with you may the force be with all of you may the
0: force
1: be with us